Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. All right. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. It is so good to have you with us. If you're just now joining us and walked in the room maybe a little bit later, I just want to take a moment just to tell you how much we appreciate you taking some time to hang out with us this Christmas season as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. If I've not had the opportunity to introduce myself to you, my name is Rhett, and I am the lead pastor here at One Life Church, and it really is the joy of my life to get to come alongside and love God and love people along with you and your family. Uh, I've been married to my wife for almost 16 years. Uh, Pray for her, okay, not me, right? That's congratulations to her. Uh, I've got a 13-year-old son who is about to turn 14, so really we need even more prayers. Come on, folks who have had teenagers and gone through that. I love my son. He's on the front row. He knows I am just messing with him. Uh, But honestly, this is a little bit about who we are. In fact, uh, I'm not originally from Idaho. In fact, I have not met too many people who are anymore. You know what I'm saying? I don't mean that to be a joke, but it is like we moved here in January of 2018 with a dream in our heart to love God and to love people. Really, and and that's it. And so we fell in love with Idaho, and we'd been serving the Lord for really about 25 years at that time, and I've been in ministry in several different capacities, and never would have dreamed, honestly, never would have dreamed that God would have called me, let alone to Idaho, but even more so to plant a church. But, you know, sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith, be obedient, and just follow the Lord's call. And if you're sitting in these chairs today inside the Civic Center, or even joining us online, it really is a miracle of God, the story of one life. So we're three years young. Uh, This is our fourth Christmas season to celebrate together. And in fact, before I go any further, uh, I want to take a moment and look in the camera because over the past four weeks, I've not had the chance to speak to our online church family because of a series we're in. Uh, But hey, I want to take a moment to welcome you. So everybody in the room, throw your hands together. Welcome our online church family joining us. Come on, let them know how much you love them. Yeah, it is a joy to have you with us today. We've missed you. We're here for you. We're wishing you a Merry Christmas wherever you're joining us today in the comfort of your living room, in jammies, in Starbucks, or on the road, on the phone, wherever you are, man. We're just glad that you're here. And so when my family and I moved here, we really just wanted to accomplish just about three things. And I want to share those with you because I think it's important to know. Number one is we just wanted to help people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. In other words, we just wanted to help people along their spiritual journey. And we believe the Bible teaches us from cover to cover that there is a spiritual journey for all of us to go on. Now, whether you believe it or not, doesn't change the fact and the truth that there is a journey God wants to take you on. And it all begins with knowing God. Now, the way we say it is we just want you to come into an authentic relationship with God, the Father, through his son, Jesus Christ. Notice that I didn't say, I want you to know a church, or I want you to know an institution, or I want you to know an organization. No, we want you to know the holy, living God who created you and has a plan and purpose for your life. And so this is why we're here, is to help walk you along this journey. And then in that process, do you know the good news about God? Is he doesn't want to leave us where he found us. He wants to take us on this beautiful journey. And a part of that journey is finding freedom in our life from the past, from our yesterdays, so that we can truly see the significance of the future that God has for us. And a part of that process is discovering our purpose. My 
friends, there are two great days in your life. The day you were born, aren't you thankful for that, everybody, right? We are breathing today because we were born. But the second greatest day of everyone's life is the day that you honestly discover why you were born. And we want to come alongside you and help you discover the gifts that God's put in you and why you're on this planet so that you can, here's the fourth part of the journey, make a difference with your life not doing what a church wants you to do, no, but doing what God has gifted you in and equipped you in and empowered you in, living your best life, making a difference in this world. And that is the spiritual journey. So we want you, we want to come along, we want to help you move from where you are to where God wants you to be. Second thing, and this is so important, my friends, it's our hope that you experience the presence of God. Because here's the truth, a great message on Christmas, great music, like a great service, none of that's going to change your life. None of that's going to transform you internally. But you know what will? The power and the presence of a holy God in your life. And so it's so important to us that maybe at some point in this service, maybe through a carol or maybe through the message or maybe through the kids moment there, or, or maybe even through the candle lighting portion at the end of this service, our hope is that you just leave here knowing, I experienced the presence of of God. And so the third thing, really, which is honestly all about today, and that is we wanted to create an environment that was fun, man. Come on, man. When we planted this church, we didn't want you to endure church. We wanted you to enjoy church. Can I get an amen, somebody? Because when I grew up, I heard a passage in scripture that said, you know, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to church. But as a kid, I wasn't glad. I was mad. I was drugged, kicking and screaming. Anybody else in this room like that? Let's be honest, okay? And so we believe church should be enjoyed, not endured. And for many reasons, now, when I say that, I've had people come up to me after the service and go, listen, Pastor Rhett, we love you. We respect you and all that you're doing. But we really believe that church should be serious. Like you should be really quiet, reverent, silent, and just serious. And the problem I have with that statement, I respect the statement, but the problem that I have with that statement is not in the Bible, y'all. Like from cover to cover, I can't find it. In fact, there are scriptures, not on the screen, but Psalm 2-4. You know what it says about our God in Psalm 2-4? It says, the one who is enthroned in heaven. You ready for this? He laughs. Y'all, we have a laughing God. You know what it means? It means he likes to have fun. He likes to enjoy life. Not only that, Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our what? The joy of the Lord is our strength. So the central theme throughout the Bible, in fact, the central theme of Christmas, everybody, you ready for this? It's joy. It's joy. Listen, Jesus was joy. Jesus is joy. And Jesus will continue to be joy. Here's the problem. Too many of y'all been watching Hollywood. Hollywood shows Jesus as malnourished, right? Sad and serious all the time. But I'm telling you, that is not the God of the Bible. That is not the Jesus, the Christ, the one we read about in scriptures. Jesus was so fun, everybody. You ready for this? Kids loved him. He was a kid magnet. In fact, the disciples were so frustrated that the kids loved him so much because they thought he was just, they were, you know, the kids were disturbing Jesus. And Jesus was like, no, man, let the kids come, let them hang out. And can I just tell you for a moment, the kind of person you have to be for kids to want to hang out with you if you're an adult, can I just say, like, I am not that person? Jesus was that person. He was so fun. He was so enjoyable. This is the God we serve. He was a joyful God. Now, there's a truth. The truth is there's a huge disconnect in there. Like if I were to ask you the question, uh, what brings you joy? The last thing you're probably going to say, if you're honest, is church 
or Jesus, right? In the world and even in some Christian circles, there is a massive disconnect from Christ, Jesus, church, God, and joy. And that is a problem. Now, many of us believe, and especially in this room or online, many of us believe in the concept of joy around this season, don't we? Like we sing about it. I mean, we're singing about it this morning, joy to the world. We talk about it. We put joy on our Christmas cards. We hang joy on our tree. Like it's in the lights, it's in the colors, it's in everything that we do. It's all around us, this concept of joy. But the truth is, if we're honest, we're not really experiencing it in here. In fact, there's a Christmas card. Don't put it on the screen yet, but there is a Christmas card that I have shown you every year. And it is my favorite Christmas card of all time. Until there's another one comes along, this is it. And I just want to show you this because I really believe that this is a snapshot of humanity. Come on, will you put this up on the screen for a second? Look at this, (laughs) y'all. They got joy sitting right in front of them. Well, they don't want none of it, right? And let's just be honest for a second. Like, if you were real and you were honest and you were truthful today, you'd be like, man, this is my life right now. Like, I might be able to, because I'm an adult, smile on the outside, make it look good. I'm singing, you know, joy to the world, ho, 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 Merry Christmas, wearing the red, the green, just all the concept of whatever Christmas is. But if I was honest about what's going on the inside, I am freaking out. I'm crying. When is this going to be over? Right? This is the reality of what's going on in a lot of our souls. In fact... This picture actually reminds me of a story about a father who is checking out around Christmas time. And uh, God bless you if you've gone shopping at the Treasure Valley Marketplace here in Nampa lately. What in the world, right? It's so many people. And so it's so stressful getting in and out. And so this dad was like at Target. He was in the checkout line and he had a toddler in his you know, shopping cart. And the toddler, man, he was, it, it, he was being a little upset. He was crying. He was yelling. He was screaming. You know, that's every parent's worst nightmare, right? Everybody's looking at the dad. The cash register people are leaning in like, hey, can we help you? You know, like, is everything going to be okay? Manager's like, should we call 911? They're like, it's a, it's a madhouse moment for this kid in the moment he's having. And so the dad simply says under his breath, he's like, Albert, he's going to be okay, Albert. Albert, I know you're crying, but we're going to be home soon, Albert. Life's going to get better, Albert. And the lady happened to be a mom right behind the dad and just couldn't help but overhear how the dad was just being so cool, so chill, so calm, talking to little baby Albert. And so she tapped the dad on the shoulder and said, sir, I don't mean to interrupt you. I know you got a lot happening, but I just want to thank you. so. It's amazing to me how sweet and kind you are, how you're trying to calm little Albert. So the dad just kind of took a moment, looked at the lady, looked at his son, looked back at the lady and said, ma'am. My son's name is Ben. I'm Albert. (laughs) Y'all, that is funny. I don't care who you are. That is funny. But isn't that the truth? Come on, man. You know, some of y'all are like that. Some of y'all experienced that yesterday. Oh, God, life's going to get better, Red. Oh, man, stop crying, Red. It's going to be okay, Red. You know, I get it. I can relate to this. This is how we all feel. So the big question is, when we feel that way, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Well, scripture would teach us, and my encouragement is, is that we've got to make a choice to put ourselves in experiences like this to experience joy. In fact, I'd go so far to say the Bible teaches us that's why it's so important to have a church family around you. 
because you're going to go through some bad days. Circumstances are going to come and you're not going to feel joyful and you're going to need some people, some brothers and sisters to come alongside you, throw their arm around you, not try to fix you, but just say, here, I don't know the answer, but we're here. We're not leaving you. We're standing by your side. We're in this with you. We're going to see you through this and see you experience joy on the other side. Can I get a good amen? This is what church is all about, should be all about. In fact, this is what a relationship with God should be all about. It's what it is. It's about you experiencing joy. Now, this is our hope for you today. So it's Christmas. I want to share a little bit of a Christmas story. Now, the message I'm going to share with you today, my goal is to really just show you some details that you may have never seen before. Now, before the manger, before baby Jesus, before the shepherds, the wise men, all, you know, before the wise men and before all the camels and all that stuff, right? Before all of that, there was an announcement from heaven, everybody. God made an announcement. He said, hey, my glorious son, the Messiah, the son of God, the savior of the world, the wonderful counselor, Emmanuel, God is with us. He made this announcement. Now, out of all the people and out of all the places, God could have chose to make this announcement. Do you know where he went? This is the detail I want to share with you today. He went to a bunch of rag tag, living in the country folk, shepherds. Now, here's my question. Why in the world would God announce the greatest news on the planet for all humanity to the lowest of the lowest, the least of the least of some shepherds out in the field watching their flock by night? I need you to understand something. The reason we know this about the shepherds is because they were out there working the graveyard shift. They were working at night. And by the way, shepherds weren't glorious jobs and they still aren't today, are they? So these shepherds aren't only just shepherds, but they have no work the night. Anybody in here ever had to work the night shift? If you can't, if you never worked the night shift, you may not be able to relate to this, okay? But nobody wants to work the night shift. But yet God chose to go to these shepherds. Now listen, we glamorize these shepherds. Man, listen, we dress them up and like make them look cool and all happy, right? We got the little manger scene with the shepherds. They got their little candy crook, candy cane staff looking all fly and cool and happy. But the fact was, the truth was in this moment, they weren't cool. They weren't happy. They were miserable and they were stinky. They were nasty. It was gross. And they were worn out and exhausted. These are the people that Jesus chose to show himself to. Two things about these shepherds that would have told you that they were miserable. Number one is that they were under the oppression of the Roman government at that time. That was one of the worst times in Jewish history. And number two, again, they were alone in the dark with stinky, nasty sheep and they're keeping it G-rated. Y'all know where I'm going with that. With their poo. Can I say poo in church? It's one thing to walk through a field in the daytime while you're watching sheep. It's a whole other thing to walk in a field at night with sandals and no flashlight. Can I just leave that there for a moment? So why in the world? Here's the question. Why in the world would God choose to announce such glorious news to some shepherds who were alone, who were isolated, who were miserable alone in the darkness watching some sheep out in a field? You ready for this? Here's the answer. Because God wanted, he wanted it to be a symbol for what God wanted to address and what he wanted to remedy in your life, in my life, when we have dark miserable, lonely moments in our life. So we pick up the Christmas story here in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. It says, now, this is what I'm talking about, there were in the same country shepherds. And they were not just working, they were living. 
out in the fields. Like they didn't have a home. Their home was the field. That's how bad it was. And they were keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, hey guys, don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Come on, everybody say joy. Joy, joy which will be to all People. Now notice out of all the words that God chose to describe the most glorious moment of the birth of his son, what word does God choose to use? Joy. Joy. This is the word. Notice God didn't say, man, I bring you good tidings and you better buckle up, buttercup, and you better become perfect. You better become righteous. You better get your act together. You better look good. You better act good. You better serve. You better give. No, no, no. That's not what he said. <laughs> He said, no, man, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And notice this. It's not just for a few select people. It's not just for a few perfect people. Not just for a few religious people. No, 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 no. I'm going to shepherds to announce this. Why? Because this great joy is for all people. It's for everyone. Now, when it comes to joy, I need to clarify this. Many of us confuse joy with its counterfeit. What's its counterfeit? Happiness. See, happiness is what the American media tries to sell you and I. It's the American dream, man. It's the pursuit of happiness, right? Did you know that the happiness, where it originates, it originates from Latin, and hap, H-A-P, is Latin. Do you know what hap means in Latin? It means your circumstances are left to luck, or your circumstances are left to chance. In other words, it means you're happy, when you're lucky and you win that lottery, you've been trying so hard all your life to, right? Man, you're, you're happy then, or you're lucky when things go your way, right? Or maybe you're just, you're, you're happy when the sun is shining, but when it's raining outside and the inversion of the winter, come on, somebody, you're sad. But you're happy when your kids are behaving, but when they're misbehaving, you're sad. When you're healthy, you're happy, but when you're unhealthy, you're sad. See, happiness is at the mercy of our circumstances. But Jesus came to bring us something better than happiness that isn't circumstantial. My friends, Jesus Christ, God himself, came to give us something that's lasting, something that is eternal, something that isn't dependent upon our circumstances, but yet is dependent upon a choice that you and I make. And that is to allow Jesus, the Christ, the Savior, into our hearts to transform our lives with his life his love and his joy. This is what Christmas is all about. And this is why I want to submit to you today that the greatest gift that you can ever open and receive at Christmas is the Christ in Christmas, everybody. Now, I want to be honest for a minute. I want to go into a moment that may be a little bit different than what you've expected in the Christmas service. Some of you in this room, you came in, you're smiling on the outside. But if you were truthful, if you were honest and open to somebody... You're miserable on the inside. Like, you got all of us fooled. Maybe you got some of your family and your friends fooled, your coworkers fooled. But there's one person you haven't fooled, and that's God. God knows the condition of your soul. And he's here today to bring a message through just some little old Alabama boy who moved to Idaho to share the news of great joy with you. Because some of you in this room, maybe you can relate to kind of the situation or the symbolism of the shepherds. Maybe you feel forgotten. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you feel oppressed. Maybe you feel depressed. 
Maybe you just feel like no, you're surrounded by so many people, like, but you're alone here and it's affecting here and you're experiencing the darkness of depression and oppression of guilt and shame and just the stuff and the junk of this world that we've allowed in our hearts. And you found yourself in a mess of darkness, not externally, but internally. But internally. You're probably wondering, like, I never wanted to get here. How in the world did I allow this to happen? Like, why am I feeling this way? Why do I feel this huge disconnect? Why am I so sad and so hurting? Now, I'm just going to be honest, and I know this is not going to be a message that everyone is going to really probably appreciate or really be even comfortable hearing around Christmas, but I need you to understand that it is really truly why Christ came. The reason that most of us find ourselves in the difficult moments and the darkness in our soul, you ready for this? It's one word, everybody, is sin. It's sin. Some are, again, some of you are like, man, Red, what does this have to do with Christmas? Come on, man, this should be lighthearted, uplifting, and I got some good news to share with you, but I first need to address this. Sin is the reason there is a Christ for us to celebrate at Christmas, everybody. So let me just define for a moment, what is sin? Because churches don't talk about this anymore. Pastors don't necessarily talk about this anymore. And we need to get back to understanding the meaning. What is sin? You ready for it? Very simple. Sin simply separates us from God. That's That's it. Sin simply separates us from God. Now, time out for a moment. I need you to understand if you're in this room today, I don't stand on this platform as anybody who thinks they're perfect, okay? I have got some issues in my life. Guess what? You got some issues in your life. Everybody in this room and online, I love you. We got some issues. And if you think that you're sitting in this room or joining us online that you don't have any issues, my friend, I love you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. You got some issues. That is your issue. You know, it just is. So every one of us has sinned. In fact, before my life, before Christ, man, I probably was the worst in here when it came to sin in my life. And I just need you to understand Romans 3.23. God says everyone has sinned. Every one of us. None of us have ever been perfect. We all fall short of God's glorious standards. And I don't even need to tell you this, but you know, nothing feels worse in your soul than having the darkness of guilt, of shame, unconfessed, unrepented, secret sin that nobody else knows about other than you and God. Nothing feels worse than having that kind of darkness eat away in your soul. Why? Because sin has this unique ability, everybody. Ready? Has this unique ability to be like a cloud of darkness reigning in your life, bringing so much shame, guilt, and just condemnation to shut you down, to bring you into this depressed state to where you think that life isn't even worth living anymore. That's what sin ultimately does. In fact, Romans 6, 23, God clearly states that for the wages of sin, in other words, the payment, the byproduct of allowing sin in our life, you ready for it? What is it? It's death. And this is not a physical death. This is a spiritual death, eternal death in your soul of being separated from God. So what does sin do? You ready for it? Sin separates us from the lifeline that is God's presence. Why? Because God is holy. Everybody say holy. God is holy. The purest definition of holy is just that. It's that it's pure. It's absolute. Holiness is unadulterated. Guess what isn't? Sin isn't. And at the pure definition that God is holy, what does it mean? It means that sin 
as much as God wants to be in our life, because he's holy, there's a separation, there's a gap. Something has to happen in order to reconcile, to bridge the gap back between a relationship that God wants to have with you because God is holy. Sin separates us from the lifeline of his presence, of his holiness. So here's what I need you to understand today is God just did not sit up in heaven and go, well, that's a problem. I guess I'm, what are y'all going to do about it? You're going to die to pay for your sins to come into a relationship with me? No, no, no. That's not what God did. You know what God did? God said, here's the problem. I'll solve it. And he put an action plan in place. You ready for the action plan? His name was Jesus. He's the one we celebrate today. What did Jesus do? Jesus was the one that God sent to bridge the gap that sin creates to bring us back into a relationship with God because there is a gap that we feel when sin is in our life. This darkness comes in and Jesus came to pay the price to close the gap to bring you back into a relationship with God so you can experience his love, his light, and his great joy. I'll show it to you. John 3, 16 through 17. I don't think there's a better Christmas verse than this. For God so loved, time out, he loves you. God is not mad at you. God is not sitting up in heaven going, my God, I can't believe. He's like, my name, right? I can't believe you done screwed up. Like, I'm going to come down and smite you. No, that's not what God does. When you weren't serving him, when you weren't loving him, and when you weren't thinking about him, guess what he was doing? He was in heaven thinking about you. He loved you. So what did he do out of his love? He didn't just talk it. Act like, talk is cheap, man, right? But he acted. He went into action. What was his action? He gave. He gave. You need to understand something today, my friends. God is not here to take things out of your life. God is here to add value to your life. He's here to give you something you need that you've been looking for all your life to bring fulfillment in your life. What is it? You ready for this? It's his only son. He gave because he loved you his best, Jesus, that whoever acts right, serves enough, gives enough, Go to church enough? No, 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 no. But for whoever simply believes, receives by believing in faith. Simple, like you can't do anything, my friends. It's already been done. You can't work for righteousness. You can't work for a right standing in relationship with God. No, you have to just simply believe. Believe in Jesus. And the good news is you won't perish in your sin, but rather you will have eternal life in eternity in your soul in heaven with God. And by the way, many of us stop there. We don't like to read the rest of the verse, but the rest of the verse is the why Jesus came. Look at this. For God did not send his son in the world to say, you're a horrible person. No, he didn't come to condemn you. No, he came to save you. He came to bring you life. He came to bring you hope. He came to bring you fulfillment. He came to bring you love to save you and for you to experience great joy. How? Through him, through Jesus. This is what Christmas is all about, my friends. Listen, Christmas is more than lights. It's more than ribbons. It's more than packages. It's more than bows. It's more than Santa. It's more than songs. It's more than clothes. Listen, Christmas is about Jesus, the great joy. It's about receiving the great joy of our Savior. Luke 2.11. This is the rest of the Christmas story. For there is born to you this day. In the city of David, a Savior who is Christ. Everybody say Christ. Christ the Lord. Now, I want to take a moment and I want to teach you on this word Christ. Because many of you heard it. Many of you said it. Jesus Christ. 
but not many of us truly know what it means. I was there one time too, so I'm here to help you as a friend. You know what Christ, what it means? Look at this. It means Jesus the Christ or Jesus the anointed one who has the power, don't miss this, to break the yoke of bondage in your life. Let me bring this into a little bit more modern day term. Jesus is the anointed one who has the power to set you free from your addiction that nobody knows about. Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, has the power to set you free from the insecurities of fear. Jesus, the anointed one, has the power to set you free from the dark cloud of sin in your life. And he is the only one. This is what the Christ means. And Jesus even said this about himself. John 8, 36. Here's why I came. The son of man, if he sets you free, you will be free indeed. Galatians 5, chapter 1. It is for freedom that Christ my goodness, don't miss this, has set us free. Pastorette, what are you saying? I'm saying the reason we celebrate Christmas today is because Jesus the Christ came to bring you and I freedom from sin in our life. Come on, somebody. It's a great place to say amen. This is good news. Why? For unto you is born this day Jesus the Christ, the only one who has the power to bring life, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, gentleness, the fruits of spirit alive, in your soul to free you from the prison of sin. This is good news. This is great joy. Christmas story goes on. Luke 2, 12 through 14. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby who's wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Gloria in excelsis Deo. It's the song we sang today. Glory to God in the highest heaven and watch this on earth. Peace. To those on whom his favor rests. Now, I want to take a moment. I want to teach you something. This may shock you. This may surprise you. Because some of you may have put this on your Christmas card and sent it all to your family. And that's okay. Maybe it's on your Christmas tree. That's good. But I need you to understand something. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that Jesus came to bring us peace on earth. Not one. There is actually only one place that peace on earth is mentioned, and it's when Jesus answers a question the disciples were asking. You ready for this? I don't have it on the screen, but it's Luke 12, 51, if you want to look it up, Luke 12, 51. Jesus says, oh, do you think that I came to bring peace on earth? This is Jesus. Oh, you thought I came to bring peace on earth. And guess what his response was, everybody? He said, no, I didn't come to bring peace on earth. So then that begs the question, what in the world? And why did Jesus come? Oh, I just shared it. He's the Christ. He is the anointed one who came to set you free from the bondage of sin in your life, to free you from the darkness of depression, to free you from your insecurity and your fear. He's the one who not only sets you free from sin, but you ready for this when it comes to peace? Don't miss this. Jesus came to deposit peace on the inside of you while you're on earth. Jesus didn't come to bring peace on earth. Jesus came to deposit peace in you while you're on earth. This is the truth of the Bible, everybody. There is a huge difference. 
Jesus didn't come to change your external circumstances so that, you, so that your circumstances could kind of lead you to some kind of euphoric peace of feeling. No, no, no. Jesus came to change you internally so that despite your circumstances, so that despite the external problems, my friends, you could experience glad tidings of great joy and peace in your soul. So what Jesus came to do, everybody. This is the gospel of Christ. This is the message of Christmas so that you could experience great joy now, as we close, I just want to share a personal story from my life. Because many of you, you see me on this platform, you're probably thinking, man, that guy's got it all together. His family's perfect. Everything's great all his life. No, that's not the truth. The only reason I stand on this platform is because at one time in my life, I allowed the truth of this message that I'm speaking to you today to come alive on the inside of me. And my life has not been perfect. It wasn't before my decision to follow Christ. And it certainly hasn't been perfect ever since I followed Christ. I'm a work in progress. You're a work in progress. We're all on this journey together. The reason I tell you that is because I just want to create a level playing field here to let you realize that I was born in Birmingham, Alabama. At three years old, my mom and dad got a divorce. So I grew up in a broken home. At seven years old, my mom died, left me with me and my dad. My dad, he's an amazing man. He loved me so much, but I was a good kid on the outside. But on the inside, <laughs> I was miserable, man. I was miserable. And in fact, my dad was such a good dad. You, <laughs> we were CEOs. Do you know what a CEO is, everybody? We were a father and son who went to church on Christmas and Easter only. Anybody else like that in the house? It's cool. If you're here today, I get you. I love you. I was a CEO one time too. We're just glad that you're here. But I was a Christmas and Easter only kind of kid whenever I went to a church service. And every Christmas, I'll never forget, pastors just like me who stand on a platform going, man, I don't want you to celebrate Christmas. I want you to experience the Christ in Christmas. And you know what I did for nine years from seven to 16 with that same message? I did absolutely nothing. Did nothing. Until I was 16 years old. At 16 years old, I probably got involved in everything you think that a 16-year-old could get involved in. I did. Outside, everybody thought I was a good kid. I thought I had it all together. I was nice. I was kind. But on the inside, I had a lot of junk going on. I was addicted to several things. I'm not going to mention because kids are in the room. I had a lot of just misery and mess and darkness, shame, guilt. I was one way with one group of people. I was another way with another group of people. I didn't even know who I was. But at some point, at 16 years old, my best friend, he invited me to a church service, much like today. And I heard the gospel message. For really, it wasn't the first time, but it felt like it was the first time. And it was in that moment that I just said, you know what? I am tired of being tired. I am sick and tired of this mess. I am miserable. I have tried everything this world says that it will bring fulfillment in my life, and it has not. It has left me high and dry, and it's just never been fulfilling. And I don't even have to tell you that because I know you've tried it too. You get it. But because I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, I decided to finally test and see what I'm teaching you today. Now, here's the trouble that pastors have. You ready for this? The challenge that I have is I'm up here trying to tell you something that you can only know until you experience it yourself. We could sit over coffee and I could tell you all the wonderful things, but at the end of the day, the choice, the decision has to come from you to go, you know what, I want to experience that myself. 
And when I was 16, I decided to experience it myself. I decided to let the light, the love, and the joy of Christ in Christmas in my heart. My life hasn't been perfect ever since. I've had struggles. But I'll tell you what, although my circumstances didn't change immediately after that decision, which by the way, God wants to change your circumstances, but he's more interested in changing your inward circumstances. Do you understand? He'll get to all that later, but what he's most concerned about is what's happened on the inside. And so I stand up here today on this platform as a friend, just encouraging you to, hey, don't celebrate Christmas. I mean, enjoy the holiday, but really, truly, experience the Christ in Christmas. Don't just read about the stable. Experience the significance of the Savior in which Christmas is all about. Some of you are in this room, and you're, if you were honest today, you would say, Pastor Rhett, you know what? I'm in a dark place. You're right. I came in smiling. I came in jolly, Merry Christmas, ho, 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 got the green on, got the red on, looking good. Everybody, nobody knows what I'm dealing with, but inside my soul, I'm hurting. In fact, you're here today and you're probably saying, you know what? I feel like God is a million miles away from me right now in this moment. But maybe if you're honest, you would say, but I'm sick and tired of being sick, sick and tired. I am desperate to receive the gift, the Christ Jesus, the anointed one who has the power to set me free from my addiction, to set me free from my sin, to forgive me and to fill me with his love and his great joy. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, that's what I want to receive. And if that's you, it would be my honor to pray for you right where you are today. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? Nobody looking around. I promise not to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not calling you down front. Nothing weird's going to happen, I promise. All I would simply like to do is pray for you. But if you're here today, would you be so bold to say, you know what, Pastor Rhett, that's me. Would you raise your hand? Nobody's looking around. Every head's bowed. Every eye. God bless you, sir, in the back. God bless you. You're saying, by lifting your hand, you're saying, I just want to receive Christ. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to experience life, love, and the great joy that is Christ in Christmas. God bless you, lady. God bless you. Greatest decision of your life. God bless you, young lady. God bless you sir. God bless you, young man. You can put your hands down. Way to go, man. That's the greatest decision of your life. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're a family. What do families do? We come along and we're alongside each other. So I want to encourage everybody in this room to pray this prayer. I don't want anybody praying this prayer by themselves, but just mean this with all your heart. Just say, God, thank you for wanting to have a relationship with me. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for loving me despite my mistakes. Thank you for giving me the grace of Christ. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus died and rose again to pay for my sin, to set me free from the darkness of sin in my life. Today, I receive all that you've done for me through Christ. Now pray this, say, God, forgive me, change me, come live on the inside of me, transform me with your love and your great joy. I put my faith and I put my trust in you today as my Savior. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 
amen. Hey, family, we had a lot of people make decisions for Jesus today. Can you throw your hands together and celebrate with those who come on, let them know how much you love them. Way to go.